prioritizing profits, prioritizing, prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Top 10 podcast highlights, season one, 2023. Number 10, 3M Bear Hugger case from season one, episode 11. This company, 3M, actually another big 3M case, um, has this product called the Bear Hugger, and it's a warming device. And basically, it's this blanket that has little holes in it, and it's attached to a machine that sits on the floor, and there's a tube that shoots hot air um, up into the blanket, and then through the little holes, this hot air goes onto the person's body. Um, The problem with that is that the hot air then is going onto the body um, and overflowing down over the sides Mm -hmm. of the the table, hitting the floor. Now hot air rises, so it's picking up the the bacteria, the debris that's on the floor, and that can then rise back up with the hot air rising, and then it's into that surgical area. So what's happening is that when you use this, um, the rates of uh, infections, surgical infections, have just skyrocketed. I mean, mm-hmm. you can look at the studies of when uh, when they started using this and about 90% of hospitals now use it. I mean, wow. they have great marketing. So, um, and, and a surgical infection can be relatively minor um, and can be treated with antibiotics. However, certain types of surgeries like joint replacements. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you're putting a medical, uh, you know, a, a metal, metal joint into the body, if that gets infected, it's really horrendous. Yeah, I bet. And, yeah. and it's, in, I, it's just so insane how that happens, too, is that the air, the warm air goes into the blanket, and since hot air falls, right, it goes down to the ground, gets all of that bacteria that's on the ground, and then slowly rises back up and just and, and, and just gets in there, gets into yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, so what it does is it direct, disrupts that, that cold air that's trying to keep everything down. When it's yeah. the hot air, it's bringing it back up. Um, and so the problem then is that, you know, people are getting these really bad infections. And um, I mean, they, they I mean, it's, it's just, it's, there's, it's so hard to get rid of an infection when it's mm-hmm. settled into an, uh, an artificial joint. And so a lot of times people will have to have like IV antibiotics, they'll have to have wound vacs. Um, they oftentimes will have to actually take uh, the the uh, prosthesis out and leave like a spacer in there for a while so like they don't have a joint for a while until oh. it clears up then replace it uh, people have had amputations a number of deaths because again they get this horrible infection they can't control they go septic and 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 they die I didn't even know you could do that a spacer in the joint so someone <sighs> just doesn't even have a joint for a week well they have weeks. to take it out but they can't put a new one in until the infection's cleared because yeah. you put another one in well you're going to have the same situation yeah I mean I've had lots of clients who have been through this and, and just it's you know it's horrendous I mean you're pretty much bedridden number nine PFAS chemicals case from season one episode 10 what was happening is that, that a couple of these companies or three of the companies had gotten together and um, were, were getting a settlement together for about 1.2 billion dollars mm-hmm. and then 3M which um, is well allegedly the biggest culprit um, is there was a trial coming up and they basically on the eve of trial called the trial off and are working they they're working on a settlement um, purportedly in the range of 10 billion dollars jeez yeah well I mean it, you know when you think about just these chemicals are everywhere um, most everybody has them in their blood mm-hmm. um, and and they're very dangerous I mean they're carcinogens 
And what's happening are the regulations are changing, and all of these water suppliers are going to have to use these new um, and, and, and very expensive filtration systems to drop the levels of these chemicals. Yeah. And so it's going to be a huge, a huge, huge project. Um, but this is really like seriously breaking news. Um, and so various water districts are getting involved, um, uh, you know, getting representation so that they can maximize their recovery. Again, if they, you know, they're going to have to make these very expensive changes, either they're going to pay out of pocket or they're going to be passing this on to the consumers. And really that shouldn't happen. They should yeah. be able to get compensated by these companies that have, that have just, you know, contaminated the water. I mean, they've caused the problem that now, you know, the companies have, that now, that now the facilities have to clean up yeah. and they shouldn't have to pay for that cleanup when it's, mm. you know, multi-millions of dollars. That's, that's a crazy thing. And it's good that they aren't just throwing it on the consumer. I feel like that does kind of happen a lot with costs as they, right. you, know, you just kind of see your, your monthly go up and, you know. Well, and it may, I mean, it yeah. may, I mean, again, if, if, the, if the companies don't get involved in the settlement, um, you know, potentially they, they may be passing it on. Yeah. And, and, and some places have higher levels of these chemicals than others and are going to require a lot more work than mm -hmm. others. So it's a very individual, um, individual situation. Yeah. It's interesting that it's, you know, several water suppliers, but it's a variety of different locations and areas. I'm assuming this is kind of just across the country, right? Well, it's across the country. I mean, there are different chemicals that are going to be in higher concentrations in different areas. But one of the really fascinating things that I had learned about this is that they can, they can, they can know, I mean, the, these chemicals have these like DNA kind of prints. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what company is responsible for what company, if they find it in your blood, they can tell you it was 3M, wow. it was DuPont. They they know. Yeah. I mean, these are very, you know, very specific and patented and, and you know, very individual chemicals. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know who, who did it. And, <laughs> and there may be, in certain situations, there may be, you know, multiple chemicals that are um, in, in a water supply in a particular area. But then you know which two defendants are, on, are responsible and should be on the hook for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's not only is it cool, it's kind of terrifying at the same time. It is. If they can look at, you know, a blood sample of yours and see specific chemicals in there and know, wow, you know, this only exists from this water plant. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of shocking. Or this company's chemicals, yeah. yeah, that then is coming through a particular water plant. But I mean, it's not just, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's in the water, but then it gets into the soil. So then the animals, oh, livestock, yeah. and then it's in the meat that you're eating, it's in the milk that you're drinking. I mean, it's, these things are just everywhere. I mean, it's yeah. really kind of terrifying. It snowballs. Yes, yes. And, 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 and so finally, you know, it's, it's coming to the point where the government is saying, whoa, not cool. This is, th these are chemicals that are killing people mm -hmm. and we need to stop it. And how do we stop it? Well, we have to stop, you know, the, the water suppliers, first of all, you guys have to clean it up. But now, you know, for them, they need to go step back and say, all right, who, cause the problem that we're cleaning up and yeah. hopefully collect from them. And that's that's one of the things that we're getting involved in, um, helping get those situations set up and make sure that, that any of the companies that are interested can maximize their recovery in the settlement. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a massive case, billions of dollars, yeah. 10 billion. I mean, that's just an unimaginable amount yeah, of money. Yeah, probably total at least 12 between the, yeah. the couple of settlements. And and for these filtration systems, I'm assuming they're just, they're going to be 
expensive to make. Oh, millions, multi-millions of dollars. Yeah. Like I said, it's a whole new system. It's not the, the systems that have been used for other chemicals in the past aren't working for these. Yeah. I mean, that, I'm assuming that's kind of why they waited so long and they kind of need the slap on the wrist now yeah. to get moving on it. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I think they would probably prefer to pay a few million to recreate it than 12 billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and so, those, so a lot of the cases are with the various water districts, but individuals also can bring claims um, against these companies. And there are some very specific injuries that uh, there's probably a lot of things that are being caused by this. But the science has, has caught up to a few of them and, and can really uh, can really link it up. And the, the conditions right now that that we're accepting personal injury uh -huh. specific individual cases on um, involve testicular cancer kidney cancer, liver cancer, prostate cancer, and ulcerative colitis. And on these, you know, if you have this condition, again, you can have a blood test that yeah. can determine if these chemicals are in your system and could have contributed to this condition. Obviously, people can get these cancers and these conditions you know, that aren't related to mm -hmm. these chemicals, but you you can find out if it is. Yeah. I mean, it involves a blood test, um, but it, this may have caused or contributed. And um, if that's the case, um, you know, if you're interested in getting more information, certainly reach out to us. Um, and we'd be, we'd be glad to, to help you out with that. Yeah. I mean, that is some a terrifying list of, of conditions that yeah. it can result in. Number eight, Tesla employees accessing customer cameras from season one, episode nine. Tesla's like big in the news lately. Mm -hmm. um, big in the news. So um, we've heard for a while now about the problems with the self-driving features where there's accidents. And then they actually um, recalled them back in February of this year. Um, changed out some of the software. People got all upset because they bought this vehicle. They wanted that, uh, you know, they, they wanted that service, the self-driving, and then they had to disable it, blah, blah, blah. So um, a lot of issues on that. Um, another um, Tesla issue, and this one, it's a little bit amusing, but not really, I guess. Um, so privacy issues. Um, I guess that there are cameras where they can record in the vehicle. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I guess what was happening was that um, employees were accessing these videos, and if they were funny or entertaining or interesting, circulating oh. them among themselves. <laughs> that's, that's actually hilarious. Well, why why is there even cameras in the vehicle in the first place? Is there some type of uh, you know product used for it? Well, I don't know. Why is there like karaoke in the vehicle? I mean, they have literally wow. have a speaker on the outside of the car so that you can do karaoke. I don't know why any of these things are in there. No, I think no. If you want to have a good time and do karaoke with the boys and <laughs> you don't want to go to the bar, maybe there's no karaoke bars around. So you just pull up in the Tesla. Hey, everyone come by. Well, and you can just drive by and everybody can hear you. Yeah. I mean, then there's like a, it's like a, a, a speaker on the outside of the vehicles. I've heard about that. I had a friend who was telling me how when she wanted to like embarrass her daughter picking her up at school, oh. you know, she'd just pull up and, you know. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah I like that. That's uh, pretty insane, though, that the employees were accessing and sending around. I mean, it kind of sounds like almost like America's funniest videos. Well, there probably is some really funny, crazy shit <laughs> yeah. that people do in their cars. Number seven, don't stick your you-know-what in a vacuum cleaner from season one, episode eight. So vacuum cleaners, um, you know, within the hose part, they used to have like a little fan mm -hmm. and that um, would help kind of suck up the, the dust and debris or whatever um, since it was closer to, to the end. Well, unfortunately, 
unfortunately, a number of men decided. I knew this is where it was going. This is where it was going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad it's not urban legend because that would have been disappointing. This sounds very realistic. No, it's really real. I mean, actually, I didn't even know how real it was. But so the problem with having that little fan there, um, you know, and then men put their penises in there, yeah. and so then there was some havoc. <laughs> Havoc's a nice way to say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, um, so a lot of them don't have the fan there, but still, I thought, you know, well, again, I, I researched this, and it was crazy because PubMed, I mean, this is like, you know, this is the, the, the resource that doctors go to for studies and all. And in fact, the first article that popped up was vacuum cleaner injury to penis, a common urological problem, a common urologic problem. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it happens enough that there were a number of articles um, that people, you know, had, had, had wrote about this. Yeah. Um, and so, so I guess that then goes to maybe this is foreseeable. Yeah. Again, I initially thought, well, this is the perfect example. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, if it happens enough, then it is reasonably foreseeable. And so I don't know, actually, I should go check my vacuum cleaner and see if it specifically says do not insert penis. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, I would probably not say penis. I feel like I would say like, don't insert bodily Maybe you shouldn't be so specific because really you shouldn't insert your finger either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) But that is kind of interesting where, um, you know, if it happens enough, even though it sounds so ridiculous, if it happens enough, then it almost, you know, is reasonable for someone to do it. Well, it's a sign that there's a lot, either there's a whole lot of unreasonable people and then maybe that crosses over into the line where it's reasonable. But, um, I mean, you know, I mean, a man putting, I mean, something that sucks, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's... I don't know. No comment. No comment. No comment. Well, so, and, and I just have to say that when I was talking to Peter about this, um, and I was like, the thing that always amazed me was that, that, you know, you would see in these medical records, like the stories that people would come up with to explain how it happened. And, you know, and just in this one study, they were talking about, you know, this guy saying that, you know, he was vacuuming naked. Tripped and, and fell and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, no, stuff like that. And, oh, and then the one was, let's see, vacuuming nude um, while his wife was out shopping. I mean, why would he even <laughs> mention that his wife wasn't there? <laughs> I, guys, my wife wasn't there. I know what you're probably thinking. <laughs> it turned itself on and caught his penis. I mean, it's like, so So th- there's some real issues here because this He's thing, taking like... a nap, butt naked. <laughs> he wakes up, cold sweats, all of a sudden, it's right there next to him, attacks him. It turns on by itself. Oh, gosh. Well, another one, a guy who was a railway signalman, it was in his signal box when he bent down to pick up his tools and caught his penis in a Hoover, Hoover dustette, which happened to be switched on. Just and, so happened, coincidentally. Yeah. And another guy vacuuming his friend's staircase in a loose-fitting dressing gown. When intending to switch the machine off, he leaned across to reach the plug. At that moment, his dressing gown became undone. And that became on. <laughs> the button flew off at the exact moment. And his penis was sucked into the vacuum cleaner. Jeez, that's I terrifying. <laughs> I mean, it's really dangerous. Yeah. Anyway, so but the, the funny thing that I was saying to Peter is like, you know, when you have these patients, I mean, does it even matter like how it happened? I mean, the fact of the matter is, this, you know, you're injured, just treat the injury, you know. Number six, deadly eye drops from season one, episode seven. Do you remember we talked about the contaminated eye drops and the superbug oh, and all yeah. that? Yeah, Crazy, terrifying. Huh? Yeah, well, so, um, and they've already been recalled, but again, they're still out there, you know, um, people probably still have them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been another death reported. Um, so the update is of May 15th, um, up to f- now four people have died. 
and 14 with vision loss. Um, but actually, terrible. 81 um, injuries. But um, so, so the fourth death. Um, you know, and this is just really scary stuff. I mean, again, we talked, it's like an eye drop, not something that people are going to think is going to kill you. Mm -hmm. um, But it's uh, been contaminated with this super bug that's antibiotic resistant. That's what I was was thinking. Uh, That's what the the one that it was that we discussed where, you know, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Antibiotics have no effect. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and so um, now it's like 81 people in 18 states. So since the last time we had talked about it, another 13 patients um, mm-hmm. and out of that, like another, another death. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you use eye drops, you know, check them out, take a look at them. I mean, I was digging around under my sink for the, the pods. Um, but these are Ezracare artificial tears or Delsum Pharma's artificial tears. Um, so, you know, Make sure that you don't have these things still. Um, if you do, get rid of them immediately. Um, you know, some of the symptoms that they are saying to keep an eye out for, um, yellow, green, or clear discharge from the eye, eye pain or discomfort, redness, um, feeling like you have a, a foreign body in your eye, blurry vision. But, I mean, you know, realistically, if, you ha- if you've used these things and you have anything, I mean, yeah. if I used these things and I had the slightest itch, I'd be in I know, the I, ER. I wouldn't even wait until... I got like a symptom. I would, if I knew that I was using these, I would just immediately go to the doctor because it sounds like once it starts getting bad, it can spiral pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I would get it checked out. Um, and definitely get rid of the things if you have them. So, and this super bug, it's, is it, are you able to give it to other people as well? Yeah. This was one where and it was in like healthcare settings and people were not washing their hands and maybe touching other people. And so the person who actually used the eye drops might not necessarily be the person who ultimately got infected oh, or yeah, the other person, yeah. but they both could get infected or they could just pass it on to the other person. Um, so I think there were like some adult care homes and places like that where, um, you know, a number of people got it. And does the super bug attack the vision or are people losing vision because it's starting from the eye drops? Well, so they're getting the infection and then the infection goes rampant. And of course, it's it's starting in your it, eye, yeah. um, it, but then ultimately it can go systemic and then you can also, uh, actually die. So, I mean, there have been people who have actually had their eyeballs removed, people who just lost vision in their eye. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, most of the people obviously didn't. So there were 81 people and, and now they're saying 14 with vision loss and four deaths. So the rest of them had some infection. Ultimately, at least so far, has, has you know, haven't lost their vision or died. Yeah. Number five, Philips CPAP machines linked to cancer from season one, episode seven. On the cases that we're handling, um, one of them that's um, very active right now are the CPAP cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the machine that's used for um, people who have sleep apnea. Yeah. And if, if you've seen those, and it kind of looks like a little scuba equipment sometimes. And I actually had to, I was like, CPAP, I use that term all the time. And I was like, but what does it actually mean? It's continuous positive airway pressure, which actually makes sense. But I had just never like thought about it. And I've talked about CPAPs for, for years. Um, so anyway, these things um, have, and this has been going on for a while because they, they've actually been recalled since June of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost two years. And um, Felix, Phillips, the company that manufactures them, actually did issue a recall. Um, and so a lot of people who have them probably know about this um, already. Um, and they're probably also, unfortunately, still stuck potentially using them because some people literally cannot sleep, cannot breathe without them. Yeah. I was going to ask, so sleep apnea, that's when while you're sleeping, you, you stop breathing. 
Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can stop for short periods of time. Yeah. Um, and so basically this continuous uh, airway, it, it basically forces your body to keep breathing so that you can't stop sleeping because sleep apnea can be super dangerous. I mean, it can yeah. cause all, all sorts of other problems. I mean, it's really hard on your, your cardiovascular system. Um, so it, it is important to treat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it causes brain injury. It causes so many problems. Um, and it's a huge problem for people. There's a lot of people who suffer from this. So one of the reasons that there's a lawsuit over this is that Philips actually knew knew about the problems with these machines back as early as 2015 and Mm -hmm. and did not recall them. And so people were continuing to use them for like another six years. And and what were the the problems again? So the problem is that there is a sound, there's this, a part of, part of it is a sound abatement foam and it's this black foam to make it a little less noisy, a little quieter, especially for like whoever your bed partner is. (laughs) um, And so that foam degrades and they can, it it basically, people basically inhale little pieces of this foam, um, goes into their, um, their uh, airway um, and it's cancer causing. Um, So they're inhaling the gas from this foam breaking down and actually little pieces of the foam. They find like this black debris in people's lungs. Are they like coughing it up and well sometimes i mean there's all kinds of condition conditions that are coming that are uh, resulting from it i mean it's it's super dangerous um some of the the diseases that we're seeing are sinus cancer um liver disease liver cancer multiple myeloma acute kidney injury acute liver failure i mean all kinds of cancers prostate breast chronic asthma chronic bronchitis i mean all the things that you would think of because it's going into your lungs um, leukemia, nasal cancer throat cancer i'm kind of confused with the kidney and and liver you said yeah, well, there's also like these gases that are getting absorbed, which is affecting, you know, and your body's trying to cycle this, you know, these toxins out. So that's yeah. affecting the liver, the kidneys, oh. um, all of those organs. Yeah. I mean, the ones that are like the most obvious, obviously, are, like the throat and the nose and the lungs, because you're inhaling those pieces. But, yeah. you know, your body's also trying to kick this out. So, I mean, we're seeing pulmonary fibrosis, um, you know, people who are having pneumonia multiple times. Um, so, I mean, really serious, horrible conditions. And um, because there, there are millions, millions of these machines out there. And so in the last couple of years, they've been trying to replace them, mm-hmm. but they just have this huge backlog. Um, and so people are having to decide, do I continue to use this thing that might be giving me cancer or do I not use it? Um, you know, and, and if you don't, you know, if, if you could live without it, if you can sleep without it, there are certain things that you can do, um, other types of therapy, losing weight sometimes. Well, isn't there other CPAP machi- or other machines for this? No. This is the only this machine on the market. I mean, they have most of the market share. There may be some teeny tiny ones, but yeah, this is it. Oh my I mean, millions God. and millions of them. And so they cannot replace them fast enough. And even what they're trying to do is just replace that foam. Yeah. But they, they, they simply can't. And, well, and they're still selling them right now. Yeah, yeah. And they, do they have the foam? They these new ones? Um, presumably not. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I don't know the details on that. Um, but I mean, I, I, they're making them as fast as they can. But again, that's not a big money maker because you're giving them to them for free to replace yeah. them, right? Um, so it's a really scary one. I mean, just the, how, how widespread it is. I mean, so many millions of people have this condition and they're just stuck. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, it, it, the condition is scary enough already, but then there's a machine that helps yeah. and it's causing these insane, serious yeah. problems like across the entire body. Yeah. Uh, I and mean, you're getting a good night's sleep, but a few years later, you've got cancer and you're dying. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't. That's and it's a tough it's, trade off there because then you can't even switch to another machine or anything, which is crazy to imagine. So anyone that is using a machine is probably pretty safe to assume that they're falling into this category. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was basically that was the phone that they used. Yeah. So they need to get it replaced. Um, and you can register with Philips. You need to register your machine with, with Philips um, so that they will you'll get on the list to get the replacement. But in the interim, I mean, and doctors are saying you know do what you can. Um, you know, there are some surgical procedures people can have that will um, help with the sleep apnea or, um, you know, or cure it, um, avoiding alcohol, not smoking, losing weight, a lot of those things. That, Tough that, ones. That, <laughs> a lot of the things that aren't fun, a lot of the things that they say that you should do for all kinds of reasons, yeah. um, but they're not fun to do. And, um, you know, unfortunately, these things, I mean, you could be, you know, inhaling, well, you are inhaling carcinogens. And, I mean, you said it, it's from the foam deteriorating, so... My first thought would be maybe to just switch it out every six months, every year to avoid long use of the same machine. And that might help. I don't know. You should call Phillips. I don't know. You you know, you could have fixed this. Maybe you just switch it out every few months. I mean, (laughs) if anything, they would love that. That's even more inventory they're selling off. Charge a lot for those foam. They all of a sudden become super expensive. This is the safe foam. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I mean. You know, and I'm assuming that probably it, it does get worse as it breaks down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how quickly it breaks down, but um, definitely an ongoing problem. Um, and these are cases that uh, this lit- litigation has been going on since 2021 when the recall happened. Wow. Um, but um, in, in fact, it's it's kind of crazy, just the numbers. Um, and this is, again, one of those things where people didn't, um, they hear about it and um, they have these diseases, but they had no clue yeah. that it had anything to do with that. I mean, they've been diagnosed with you know liver cancer, lung cancer, all of these things, and they didn't have any idea that it could have possibly been related to this yeah. machine that's basically keeping get, getting them sleep and, and keeping them um, alive. alive. Times, yeah. And so, so there weren't a ton of complaints to the company because, again, people didn't have any idea that the problems that they were having were related. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're saying that since April of 2021, the F- FDA has received about 100,000 medical device reports. Oh, my um, And this includes several hundred deaths. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and so between 2011 and 2021, there were only 30 um, medical de- device reports. Wow. Yeah. And none that talked about uh, injury or death. But now, of course, you know, they're, they're going crazy. And, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people out there who may not know mm-hmm. that, the, that's, that some of the problems that they've had, some of these medical conditions that they could have had for years are related to this. Yeah, and that was kind of my thought was if this recall was in 2021, uh, and, and it seems like this is obviously becoming a massive problem more recently, you know, how how did it take so long? The recall was so long ago, but it sounds like they, even though they knew, no, not the, the consumers had no idea and that they were having these issues and obviously not correlating it with a machine that is helping them sleep or even keeping them alive at night. Yeah. Well, they didn't know, but apparently Phillips, and again, I don't know the specifics on the documents, but apparently there's some evidence that they knew as early as 2015 that these things were breaking down and that people were inhaling wow. them. Um, and of course, they had to have known what, you know, the, the, what, what the materials are and that they are potentially carcinogenic. Yeah. So and that's all coming out. Actually, the, 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 the 
place that we're at with the litigation right now is what's called discovery, where they're having to turn over internal documents, and of course the plaintiffs are having to provide their medical records and things like that. Depositions are happening. So a lot of that information is just coming to light now, but um, clearly they knew there was a problem with these things, yeah. and they sat on it for a really long time. And so, you know, had they recalled this back in 26, 2015, um, how many people would not have gotten cancer? How many people in the last six years of exposure every single night inhaling this shit? How many people, you know, are they going to kill from this delay? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, nasty, nasty stuff. Number four, what do you do if a dog bites you from season one, episode six? Uh, But when there is a dog bite, is this, is this a case that you primarily just take to the insurance or is this something that is worthwhile consulting an attorney? Oh, gosh. Well, it, I think it's generally, I, I mean, I always say consult with an attorney because you know what, if you consult with an attorney, you can always decide not to hire them and to, and to handle it on your own, but yeah. getting more information. And again, the laws in different states are different. Um, and we were talking about like Arizona has a strict liability, mm-hmm. but some states don't. Some states, it's, it's more of a negligent standard. And so then it's, did you know, or should you have known that your dog was vicious. It was a vicious animal. And so, and that, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we call that the one free bite rule. Yeah. And so that means that, you know, until the dog bites the first time, you don't know your dog's a biter and you don't know your dog's dangerous. Interesting. So, so in some states, dogs get that one free bite and then, you know. They get the, and the worst part is they get the taste for blood at that point. (laughs) And then they're just absolutely loose, wild. Well, all right. That's like a crazy, maybe, maybe maybe not. But, um, well, I mean, I think it's really interesting because, I mean, I, I used to take Bruno to, to the dog park a lot, and I, I used to think it was such a great opportunity to socialize him with other dogs. Uh, but I quickly realized after, you know, a few times there that uh, not everyone, not everyone's dogs is as well-behaved as Bruno. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a lot of dogs that even if they are well-behaved, once they're out there, they're playing, they're going back and forth. I mean, things can kind of get out of hand pretty quickly, and uh, it, it's hard to predict that. Right. Well, and and sometimes, you know, again, a dog is just playing. Yeah. And as part of the play, dogs bite each other. Yeah. I mean, generally not viciously, but they bite each other during play. And if you're playing with a dog, it, the dog may bite you, again, thinking it's play, but, you know, that you, you could break the skin, it could injure you. Yeah. Um, so it could be pretty serious. And, and you know, one of the things you, well, you had asked about um, whether you should get in touch with an attorney, and, you know, I think we're thinking of kind of minor injuries, but some of the cases that I've seen have been pretty significant. Um, and again, children tend to be um, the ones that are bitten most often. And you see a lot of children getting bitten in the face. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're down there. They have their face right up in the dog's face. Yeah. And they think that it's all fun and games. And they've seen cartoons of Bluey or whoever. And, you know, and, and, and they're messing with the dog. And the dog snaps and bites them. And, um, I mean, some serious facial injuries requiring cosmetic surgery. Um, there was actually a case recently in the news, um, and I had forgotten about this when I was, was, uh, thinking about talking about this, but it was actually a model and she, and I don't remember if it was her boyfriend or her friend's home, but, um, the dog jumped at her and bit her entire top lip off. And, of course, they, they went to the emergency room immediately and took it with them, but um, they were unable to reattach it. Mm-hmm. And so she was completely disfigured. And this was a woman who was a model who yeah. was making her living um, you know, through her appearance. Um, I believe she was also like maybe like a skateboard star. I'm trying to remember the details on this. I think it was a lot of social media. Um, and actually, if you check, I know it was like on TikTok and some of the sites, but she... Um, 
went through this process of showing the photographs as she went along through her recovery. Wow. Um, and of course, she had to heal up. And then she had cosmetic surgery to to try to kind of rebuild her her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so it can be just, I mean, horrendous, horrendous injuries. And, and I know that there's such thing as like lost wages. But usually, you know, I'm familiar with that in car crashes where, uh, you know, you don't have access to your car and then you have to lose or you're injured and you lose uh, work time. But for something like that, where it's affecting your livelihood, I mean, it's not necessarily uh, she has to take a few weeks off. It's, you know, she's probably not going to be a model anymore. Right. And yeah, and that's just something, you know, again, all of these cases are very individual and you look at that specific person's injuries. And so somebody whose appearance really makes a big difference Mm -hmm. is going to have significantly more injuries in, in that uh, you know, in that area. But even aside from the loss of earnings, I mean, this is that what that situation is, you know, multiple surgery after surgery, and you're going to have downtime and recuperation time, whatever your job is. Um, and then it's just the emotional distress. Um, I mean, you know, facial injuries are horrible in any type of, um, of accident or injury. Um, you know, and then you like the, what, these children, I mean, they're, they're, they're young children. And I mean, you know how, I mean, I guess it's difficult everywhere, but I mean, you go to school and you have this mm-hmm. facial scarring and, you know, even with treatment, um, I mean, we've had cases, I mean, they'll have permanent scarring, even yeah. if they don't have, you know, like total, you know, losing a lip or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so, so different states have different um, rules. And, um, and again, you, oftentimes you wouldn't know if somebody has insurance coverage or not. Mm-hmm. And there's always weird issues too, like a dog is at somebody else's house. Yeah. Um, you know, and so generally it's going to be, at least in Arizona, it's going to go back to that dog owner. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I've had cases where we've tried to figure out, okay, well, was there negligence on the person who, you know, maybe it was dog sitting or the dog was visiting there and was it somehow, you know, did they contribute to the situation that caused the injury? So those kinds of situations, it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's always best to talk to somebody. Number three, cool sculpting weight loss gone wrong from season one, episode six. A big, a big story came out in the New York Times and it involves the cool sculpting procedure. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's, uh, yeah, how did you, how have you missed this? But, cool sculpting? Well, I'm not really in the industry of. Uh, yeah, well, so <laughs> the thing is, it's, I mean, there's billboards everywhere. It's just this huge procedure. Um, and basically what it is, is it's a device that you, you put this device on um, problem areas on your body and it basically freezes your fat cells. And so you see, it's sounding familiar now, right? It is. Yeah. So the process is you, and and they're in dermatologist's offices, um, med spas, you know, as well as plastic surgery offices, but it's not surgery. And so it's super appealing because it's, you know, basically they say no downtime um, and you can, you know, melt away, freeze and then melt away your fat. So what supposedly happens is this device is applied um, and it freezes the fat. And then over the course of the next few weeks, the fat cells uh, break down, die, get absorbed into your body. And you're supposed to be able to spot reduce. And so um, huge, uh, I mean, huge popular product. Um, But guess what? There's problems or we wouldn't be talking about it, right? Sounds a little too good to be true. It sounds too good to be be true. And, you know, the problem, again, is that the companies promote it as, you know, low risk or no risk. Um, Well, it's not terribly inexpensive. I think it averages about $3,200. Yeah, it's about $3,200 for the for the procedure, um, which, I mean, it's less than surgeries. Um, and, but basically it's, you know, you come in, spend your, okay, I actually think they promoted it as doing it at fat loss on your lunch hour. 
I love right, that. Right. Yeah, just have like a Big Mac and freeze off the the calories. Yeah, easy peasy. So I mean, it just got crazy, and there and people, you know, are like buying these machines. Um, I think it made was it like over two billion dollars so far. Insane. Yeah, I mean, big deal. Obviously, something that a lot of people it's going to appeal appeal to a lot of people. The problem is that yes, there's a risk, and it was really downplayed, really downplayed at the beginning. Um, but what the risk is, and it's a big nasty thing. It's called PAH or paradoxical adipose hyperplasia. That's a mouthful. It is. It is. But it, it's nasty. Basically what it is, is that the for some people um, in the area that's treated, the fat grows and hardens and lodges in your body. And so some people, instead of having less fat, they now had more fat and it was like hard as a rock. And there were some where it was like, like big masses, like big masses in their abdomen that had to actually, then you have to go and you have to have surgery to remove it. And, and you, it's basically deformity. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, very traumatic. And here are these people going and trying to think they're going to look better and they come out looking significantly worse. Yeah. And I mean, especially in kind of the beauty field product area, I mean, this entire area, right? It's, you're kind of preying on people's insecurities. People are coming to these places already, you know, maybe not feeling great about themselves, about their body, whatever it may be, and looking for, you know, a remedy. And and when you offer a quick fix like this, that yeah. seems like it has no downside. I mean, you know, doing it in, in, in a lunch break, right, where you can just kind of go and get it done and go straight back to work, that sounds incredibly appealing to a ton of people. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they've made so much money. Um, problem is, again, when they first came out, they were saying that the risk, they, they were aware of this potential problem. Mm -hmm. but they were initially saying the risk was about one in 20,000. Um, as, as time went on, there were some problems actually with people realizing that this was related. Because again, you have the procedure and then you're not even expected to see good results for several weeks. And so then these bad results would come up weeks or months later, and people wouldn't know that it was related. They thought, well, maybe I've gained back weight. I mean, sometimes it was obvious if it was like a big rock-like substance, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but so there were not a lot of reports. People didn't understand that the issues that they were having were necessarily related. Um, I think the reason for the big story and um, how, what really brought this to light was um, Linda Evangelista, who was a big supermodel in the 80s and 90s. She had this procedure done. And I think it was in 2021. At least she came out and 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 uh, it talked about it and filed the lawsuit in 2021. And she had the procedure done on various parts of her body, and she had this horrible reaction. And I mean, literally, she said that she became a recluse. She would not leave her home. Wow. I mean, here's this woman who you know was absolutely you know one of the top beauties in the country in the world wow. probably. Um, and now you know not only has she not improved these little areas where she wanted to lose some fat, but she, I mean, there's there actually was a, a whole story in People a few months back, and she showed some pictures with her clothes on. But I mean, it, I mean, it was crazy. And this was after multiple surgeries, and she could afford to have all these surgeries yeah. to try to improve it. Um, so when she came out, all of a sudden the complaints started flooding in because people were like, oh my God, mm -hmm. that's what happened to me too. That's a result of that. Um, and so the complaints, I think they went from right following Linda Evangelista coming out about this whole situation. That year there were 1,100 adverse, patient, adverse event reports, more than they'd had in the entire 10 years before. Wow. And then um, last year there was more than 1,900. So people are, are figuring this out. Mm -hmm. Um, and the doctors, you know, the doctors who are performing the procedure, of course, they know also that there might be this small risk. Um, but they started coming forward and saying, wait a minute, 
I'm, I'm in this relatively small practice, and I'm having multiple patients that have this PAH. It's not one in 20,000. Um, and in fact, in 2017, a group of um, doctors came out and said that they believed it was one in 100. Oh, my God. And that was in 2017, and you mentioned that she filed the lawsuit in 2021. Right, right. So this has been out for a little bit. And unfortunately, this is kind of what happens is that once one person, especially, you know, whether it's an individual or or a law firm comes out and says, like, oh, this is an issue, then all of a sudden there's a flood of people that also had this issue but just didn't make that connection. Right. And it's a little bit different, too, because, you know, people have some kind of a little bit of an issue about it. They're like, oh, I went in. First of all, you know, when people have plastic surgery, how many times do they not tell anybody? They want it to be big secret, right? And so this is, again, one of those things where it's even easier to keep it as a secret because you can do it on your lunch hour. It's not like you're going to miss work for a week or two weeks or something to recuperate. So I think that there's a little bit of shame involved in it also. And then feeling like, oh, you know, was I being too vain? Um, Did I somehow deserve this? And, you know, uh, kind of hesitancy. Um, Another reason that there were not a lot of complaints is that when people did have problems and they would contact the company, um, and the company that owns it now is Allergan Aesthetics, which is part of AbbVie, um, when they would contact the company, the company would oftentimes say, well, uh, we're really sorry this happened, and yes, it is a rare occurrence, but and we're willing to pay for your surgeries to have, correct, you know, to have these corrective surgeries. However, you got to sign a, non- a confidentiality agreement. You can't tell anybody. Wow. Right. And so people can't afford to do the surgeries unless they have the company pay for it. And now they have to keep their mouths shut. And then and, and how does that play out when, you know, a case comes out and it says, like, you can't actually pursue money? If they sign that document, does that mean they can't pursue it down the line? Yeah. If they've signed a settlement agreement. And so basically they presumably settled for whatever the amount oh, okay. was. Mm. Yeah, that's it. They're done. They're through. But they also are not reporting Um, that they've had these problems. And so these numbers are staying super low that anybody knows about when really they're significantly, significantly higher. And what makes it even worse too, is the model that you mentioned, you know, she, she had the money for the surgery and she was getting these surgeries, but it wasn't completely fixing the issue. So even these individuals that can't afford it and they have to reach out to the, to the company itself and have them pay for the surgeries thinking, you know, this is going to fix my problems, you know, okay, I can't talk about it, but it will fix my problems. They go and get the surgeries and it still doesn't? Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. And even if even if there's an improvement, they can remove this, you know, the, these fat clumps at this point uh, in masses. You know, first of all, now you've had an invasive surgery, which you were trying to avoid in the first place. Yeah. You've got scarring and then you have whatever the risks are to undergo that corrective surgery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you go, you know, this started as being a, you know, a quick thing, low risk, lunch hour, I'm going to look better. And all of a sudden, years later, you're tens of thousands of dollars in, um, you've had surgeries, you're permanently scarred. You know, again, even if the masses are removed, you've got scarring from the surgery to get in there and remove them. So, um, it, I mean, it's really... A been a nightmare for a lot of people. And I think it'll be really interesting also now that this New York Times story came out and then the people story, how many more people are going to come forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully people will be more cognizant of the actual risks if they're going, if they're going to go in and consider this procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great to, you know, lose a little bit of fat, but this wasn't for huge. This wasn't like, you know, I mean, this was like spot reduction yeah. um, and, and it was a quick fix, but it's, um, you know, in my opinion, not worth it. Number two, Tylenol, acetaminophen linked to autism from season one, episode four. Just recently, um, some new stats came out. And what when we talked, I think I had told you guys that um, the rate of autism was one in 44. 
they have new statistics that literally just came out last week, and it's actually now one in 36, which is a 22% increase from 2018. So this is not getting better. Yeah. It's getting worse. That's um, yeah. So, I mean, one in 36, that's, and, and I mean, what, every classroom, right? Yeah. I mean, it's... Who's publishing this? Is this a governmental study or is this... This was on the CDC. So yeah, the Center for Disease Control. Yeah. And we'll probably put a link up somewhere. And a quick shout out, you know, I was talking about this case with some of my friends the other day. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, get very, get very emphatic. I get very kind of (laughs) excited about it. It's so interesting to me. And I think it's so crazy how few people know about it. And when I start talking about these insane statistics that are coming out, people are in absolute disbelief. And so, you know, I think one thing that I definitely want to make sure that we continue to do is just make sure that everything that we're saying on this podcast, we're going to be providing sources, definitely in the description, probably add some pop-ups as well. And hopefully in the future, I think we'll probably do a sit down, probably like a nice little video conversation, just going through all these dense studies, because I think this type of information is so interesting, but almost unbelievable that it's, it's going on. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because I, I was on the other end of your texts on Saturday night when apparently you were hanging out with a bunch of nursing students. Yes. yes. <laughs> that you wanted to, to might have had a few drinks as well. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yes. gotten gotten impassioned about you know, the topic. Um, and and it, you know, and I was of course texting back and explaining, yes, we have the studies and we're going to we're going to provide the studies and and the statistics and all of that. But you know, it really kind of took me back to realizing you know, that I am so used to this that, but when I first found out, when I first got involved in this area, I mean, I was completely shocked. I didn't believe it either. I was like, that's just impossible. How could they get away with it? That's, and, and, and when people first start hearing these things, they do feel that way. Um, so I get that. And, um, and we do want to be transparent. We want to provide the, uh, provide all of the information we have. I actually sat down and pulled out links to, I mean, there's probably like 15 or 20 studies on the autism and Tylenol. Um, and, and I know that those have gone up on our website. There will be a link to that. So for people who want to get, you know, do a deep dive into these studies and, 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 you know, really get the details, absolutely. We want to be able to provide that because, um, it is hard to believe and, you know, people ah, crazy lawyers and all that, but, but to that end, I do just want to say also <laughs> that a lot of lawyers might be crazy. I might be one of them, but we're not stupid. And, yeah. you know, when we pursue these cases, it is our time and our money. Yeah. And we invest a lot. And if the case is unsuccessful, we lose all of that, mm-hmm. you know? So we, I say, you know, as, as all attorneys who are doing these types of cases, we have no interest in some crazy case that we cannot prove. And it's it's tough to prove these cases. So they are pretty solid before they get to this point where cases are filed and they're getting consolidated and, yeah. and you've get, you know, some of like the real big players involved in these. It's not um, you know, we have we have nothing to gain and everything to lose if it's not a viable case. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people kind of have this almost assumption that lawyers are kind of shooting in the dark, right? Like ah. looking for any type of case that could get them money, but that's not 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 it at all. Like well, the it might of- be, but those are the bankrupt <laughs> lawyers. I mean, True. those are the ones who don't survive because yeah. you know you can't lose hundreds of thousands of dollars over and over again. Yeah, and uh, yeah. And, and and just it's that's just not the, not the case at all. And um, something that 
I kind of realized as well is, you know, when I was talking about, it, I was like, you know, this is getting consolidated. This is, <laughs> this is, this is happening. Sounds and so people, official. It, it does. And people are like, uh, okay, you know, what does that mean? But it, it, it does mean something, right? Like if a case is getting consolidated, there is definitely like enough kind of groundwork there. Every, you know, there's enough cases around the, the country. There's enough uh, law firms involved in it, that they see the potential, that they see there's wrongdoing, that everyone's kind of coming together and, and, and bringing the cases yeah. in one place. Yes. And the, the real the thing about consolidation is that the reason a case gets consolidated is because there are too many cases to handle individually. <laughs> that, that's a great explanation right there. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there's I literally mean, too many. There's too many. And in, in fact, the defendant, the manufacturer, usually wants them consolidated too mm-hmm. because, you know, maybe you have, you know, a hundred lawyers around the country, each with our own case or two or three cases, but that all of those cases, that same group of lawyers that the, the, the manufacturers hired is dealing with all of those, and they're running from state to state to state. So oftentimes, the manufacturers say, yes, we want it consolidated. We recognize there are so many cases, it's going to be more efficient, it's going to make more sense for everybody to do this. So um, yeah, it's maybe a technical term, but it means that this is a really substantial size case. Um, And there's enough of them that uh, the judge has agreed, yes, we're going to put these all together and Mm -hmm. and fight them out, fight them out as a group. And and it's so interesting to see that, I mean, you you mentioned that study was released, what, this week? Um, Yeah, by the time, actually, it was last week. So I'm not sure sure when this one's going to air. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, that's a brand new study that came out from the CDC on the autism. And it's just so terrifying that it's, you know, it's not getting better. Yeah, it's not. And, you know, one of the things, actually, when I was at the um, Harris-Martin conference last week that was in Tucson, I also was listening to some information on um, some baby food cases, and a lot of the baby food has heavy metals, and heavy metals can also Jesus lead to autism. Christ. I know, poor babies, poor babies. I, I, again, so, man, shitty under the stick, and and heavy metals in baby food. Yeah. This is not, I mean, that just seems so insane to just hear straight out. I know that it, it it is. It's really crazy, but you know, there's something going on. I mean, there's nobody can question that there's something going on that the rate of autism is going so crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was not the case when I was in school. This was not the case even a few years ago. I mean, just looking from 2018, you know, we're going from one in 44 to one in 36. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. Now, what is it? Is it, is it uh, the Tylenol? Is it baby food? You know, are there, I mean, individual situations, maybe environmental where, you know, a certain group of kids are exposed to something in a neighborhood and that sort of thing. I mean, it may be a combination of things, but something is happening here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, it's a good thing that, that, that we're looking at that, that we're trying to figure it out, that these studies are being done and finding these because we may need to change a variety, more than one thing. And number one, racist behavior at Tesla factory in California from season one, episode nine. All right. So that's not all, that's not all the problems with Tesla. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> so actually the most recently they've had um, a couple of racial discrimination lawsuits. Really? Yeah, big time. Um, in fact, one of the there was a three point two million dollar verdict. Wow. Um, yeah, for a black employee, and um, apparently at the uh, at the main factory, it's just awful. I mean, they are just uh, treat people horribly. 
Um, and again, I'm just saying what, what, uh, what was alleged in the lawsuit and that apparently the jury believed because $3 million of that was punitive damages against Tesla. Wow. So in the issue with that, um, he was definitely harassed and he reported the harassment and nothing was done to correct it. Um, so and then after that, there's another case that was actually filed back in 2017 alleging the same uh, issues. And they now want to turn that into a class action. Wow. Yeah. So it was one individual who had filed a lawsuit and now is saying this should actually be a class action. And in support of making it a class action, um, he provided 240 affidavits from other employees who all oh, had experienced, you know, horrible racist behavior. In fact, they say it's a hotbed for racist behavior. Yeah. So I'm a little confused here. It is, it's in the factory specifically, yeah, that it seems, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, On the production floor. Yeah, apparently. especially prevalent there. Yeah. And it's just straight up, you know, people being racist. To, to well, some of the quotes were that they would use the N-word. They would call him, quote, boy or monkey. Jesus. Um, yeah, referred to a woman as having monkey toes. Um, and just just horrible things along those lines. And, and again, um, you know, you're always going to have some idiot, perhaps, employee doing this kind of stuff. But it's incumbent upon the management. Yeah. You know, and if this gets reported, you know, you need to stop it. You need to fire the person who's, who's you know, exhibiting this behavior, not, um, you know, not the victims, obviously. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing profits. Dangerous drug and product cases.